It's time for the drive's top four at four. Hour number two of the drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. We send things back to the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Marcus Young has your top four at four. Marcus? Thank you, Russell. At number one, the Tennessee Titans have named their new GM. They named Rand Carthon from the 49ers executive branch. I personally am pretty excited by this hire. Uh, doing, some people have done some research on him. Apparently he had a lot to do with the free agent kind of pool more than he did with the draft, but they did kind of swap back and forth between him and another executive. Uh, the quote from Amy Adams said that we are excited to add Rand to our organization as our new general manager. He brings a variety of valuable experiences to our team as a former player and a successful personnel executive for multiple teams. I was impressed with his natural leadership qualities and his ability to connect with people. Yeah, I've got mixed feelings on this one. First of all, um, never trust a Florida Gator. Uh, second of all, he's very young, very inexperienced, kind of a blank slate. I th- see a lot of people projecting hopes on him. I hope he does well, obviously. I'm a fan, uh, Titans fan here and want to see my team do well. But uh, to me, this is kind of a, a gamble higher. One thing I did find very interesting, did you see who had a cryptic Instagram post last night, Marcus? Yes, I did. Think about uh, Trey Lance. I mean, it obviously looks like the 49ers are going to move forward with Brock Purdy, so they've got two quarterbacks on their roster that would be great trade bait now in Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Do you think that there's a possibility that, I mean, obviously they would have to work some sort of a trade or, or something, but do you think there's a way that Carthon could bring Trey Lance here. I mean, that would be depending on what you'd have to give up. Like if you could get him here, have him learn under Tannehill for a year and then hand the keys off to him. I don't know. I feel like they're going to the asking price for Lance is going to be prohibitively high considering I mean, what would they give up to draft him like three first rounders. At least yeah, a couple. This is, this... I'd rather have Garoppolo if it were me. Mm. You get him on a better you probably get him at a at a lot, uh, a lot cheaper. Well, who, I mean, who has more upside though? Don't you think? I mean, Lance is a gamble too. I was looking for a quarterback, and you know, they they obviously thought the world of him at one point, and we just haven't seen it yet with Trey Lance. Obviously, he had the injury, but uh, that I'm not, I'm not even saying that like that's what I absolutely want to see. It is intriguing though. It, for Titans fans wondering what the quarterback position looks like post Tannehill, it's just a giant question mark. And that so far is the most realistic scenario that could be something approaching a long-term solution that I've seen so far, other than just gambling on a quarterback in the middle of the first round. I will say that the high, I think he is still under his rookie contract, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he could only have two years left, right? Yeah, he's got. He'll be a free agent in 2025. So, so I don't know like how much leverage the 49ers have in terms of an asking price. Like if if they're going to move him, they have to do it quickly. I think they're wanting. I would imagine they're going to want to get back at least one of their first round picks for him. Maybe they'll give us a discount since we gave them a third, two third round picks to sign uh, Rand as our GM. They get two third rounders. One this year, one next year, as a compensator. Uh, the 
What's the third round? Compensatory. That's the word. Thank you. Uh, because of hiring a minority for, as a head coach or an executive. So they might give us a discount. Who knows? Uh, number two, a uh, couple of our Tennessee volunteer football players are going to be participating in the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. We have Trayvon Flowers, Princeton Fant, and Latrell Bumpfus will be joining in the, festi- uh, the festivities. It will take place on January 28th at 6 p.m. on the NFL Network. If people would like to watch a couple former Vols ball out and get higher draft stock. Yeah, really pulling for Latrell Bumpus, especially as a home state guy who's just fought through just hell in terms of the injuries, problems that yep. he had. and uh, Man, that would be pretty cool to see him be able to make it in the professional football world. And number three, uh, some unfortunate news. Chris Ford, a Boston Celtic champion, who was actually the one that made the first three-pointer in the NBA history, uh, has passed away at the age of 74. The team announced uh, today Ford played for the Celtics from 1978 to 1982, won a title with the team back in 81. He spent six seasons with the Pistons before that, and Ford is also noted for making the first three-pointer in NBA history on October 12th, 1979. Wow. All right. Well, thoughts and prayers to him and his family. Thank you. Uh, Finally, number four. Yeah, quickly, finally, number four. uh, We have a quarterback transfer from LSU heading to Old Miss as freshman quarterback Walker Howard announces today that he will be going to the Old Miss Rebels uh, in in state division uh, transferring. Yeah, he was a pretty highly touted guy. I was reading about him. Apparently, Kelly had been recruiting him to Notre Dame. He committed to the Ogeron staff. Kelly gets the LSU job, is able to convince him to stick around. And, I, you know, I don't know if this Brian Kelly football wasn't for him. It's not for everybody. Or if he just didn't want to sit behind, um, uh, oh, man, what's uh, Jaden um, Daniels. Daniels one more year. But, I I mean, I'm guessing he has to sit behind Jackson Dart next season. Although Jackson Dart wasn't exactly – he didn't exactly set the world on fire last year, did he? No, not really. So maybe he can go in there and beat him out. I can see it. The Kifster getting another QB out of the portal. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Marcus. Your top four at four brought to you this afternoon by – Linderman Sports Medicine. Check them out online, LindermanSportsMedicine.com. A lot of people wondering, oh, man, should I get this procedure done on my knee? Should I get this elbow thing done, Uh, hip replacement, whatever? Before you go under the knife, check out LindermanSportsMedicine.com. Set up a consultation. You could do it over the phone. Um, They will walk you through all the things they do, all your options out there. Dr. Laura Linderman has a great career. She actually interned under Dr. James Andrews, the legendary sports medicine leader down in Birmingham, runs her own clinic now out of Memphis. She's treated several of the Grizzlies down there as well as as other well-known athletes through the years, and she'd like to help you get back in the game of life without going under the knife. Visit LindermanSportsMedicine.com to find out more information, and uh, please tell them Fan Run sent you when you go in for that initial consultation or if you do it over the phone. 
865-546-8200 is your number. Bear, uh, let me know if we have any calls here. We've got Steve Hamer coming up here towards the bottom of the hour. We'll talk Tennessee basketball with him as the Volunteers coming off a gritty, we'll say, road win against old uh, Mississippi State. Quad one. I, I wasn't aware of that. In Kentucky, yeah, that was a quad one win last night. On the road. Yeah. So that'll that'll look good on the old resume. And um, we'll get Hamer's thoughts on that coming up here in just a few. Right now, let's go uh, right back to the phone lines. Sharpie is next. Good afternoon, Sharpie. Hey, Russell. What's up, man? I know who else hit some three-pointers, Marcus. The Who's volunteers that? last night in the second half, eight of nine. Absolutely incredible. On fire. And, t- and two of 15 in the first half. A tale of two halves. When I watched the first half, I was like, there's no way. We're going to lose this game. And then to sit there and watch. ZZ turned the ball over. They were coming behind him. He just had he just could not handle the ball. And then to him, I think did he go 0 of six from three in the first half and four of four in the second half? Is that what happened? I I don't know exactly what the split on that was, Sharpie, but he was on fire in the second half for sure. And it's one of those things like I I I don't think you can depend on two of fifteen from three point range every night. And you certainly can't depend on eight of nine. So we've we got to find that happy medium. It, it averages out to, you know, 10 to 24. We'll, we'll take that. You make 10 threes in a game, you're going to have a good chance to win just about any night out. Um, so it's just uh, that consistency that we're searching for with this team. We all know the potential is there. They've just got to be able to, you know, a- avoid these droughts that they go on seemingly – every game and if they can get to that where they're hitting on all cylinders they if they can find that level then they've got a chance to have a special season so i think that's why you hear so much urgency and frustration at times from the fans is because they they realize that this is a team that has the capable of doing something special and they want to see it out of them triple j hit a couple in the second half i think come hit one uh, and for the entire game, we were 14 of 15 at the free throw line, just outstanding. So, uh, and another thing I was thinking about, uh, if Santi had to set out the game last night, he was definitely hurt in the Kentucky game. So maybe that's why he played bad in the Kentucky game. His shoulder was hurting then. Sure. Sure. Man, I uh, that, mean... That second half was one for the ages. I know that's not a very good offensive team, but that's a good defensive team. And a lot of those threes were guarded closely, and we still hit him. And ZZ's second half was just incredible. But I know some of the guys, some of the fans get critical, but when I see a game like that, a half like that, it's just, I just love it. But uh, anyway, I'll. Keep listening to the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Sharpie. Appreciate it. Ziegler 
plays all 40 minutes last night. The first of all to play 40 minutes in a regulation game since Jordan Bowden at Missouri when he went on a Missouri boat ride January 7th of 2020. Mm-hmm. Also, how about this? Balls, Russ. The Carter when, Hornet. When, when Tennessee takes the L, they bounce back. Vols have now won nine straight games following a loss. Tennessee has not had lost consecutive games since the 2021 postseason, so that would have been what did we, we lose in the SEC tournament and then got bounced by Oregon State the the, the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Keon and Springer. No, that wasn't the COVID. We didn't. We didn't make. Maybe I misheard what you just said. Well, uh, you had the 2020. The the tournament was canceled. Yeah. And then it was the next season that we played. That that's what I consider the COVID year because there were no fans in the stands and oh okay it, that's what it was wreaked havoc on our practice schedule and they were canceling games and all that stuff. I don't remember that at all. That season, the co- what you're calling the COVID, the end of the 2021 basketball season. Well, because it was so unmemorable. <laughs> I don't I don't remember how we got bounced in the tournament that year, but. The Oregon State game, I remember we had a watch party at Hobson Hollers RIP, and it was, I, I hate to say this, but it was the worst fan-run watch party of all time. It was so depressing. Is that the one where you uh, you got asked to leave? No, no. That, I mean, it was like we, it just sucked, man, because there was no hope going into it. There was a bad vibe around the team. We had a great turnout at the watch party. We packed the place out. Um and we just got drilled. And and nobody left, and we're just like hoping to turn it around, and it just never happened. It wasn't in the cards. Mm-mm. Wasn't in the cards. This new iPhone update is uh, throwing me for a loop. Yeah, I did it the other day. The big numbers. The big numbers, man. The the time. Yeah, it's huge. What's up with that? It's kind of retro looking, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. That is throwing me off. And I'm a huge voice text guy. Yeah. Like if if I'm texting you something more than like three or four words, I'm voice texting it, and that that's weird. That that looks weird now. It it. it uh, I've, I've noticed you doing that. I think it, it's it really is weird when you're doing that. You hold the phone right up in front of your face, and you're like doing this. You're like talking really soft. Yes. Well, I'm talking deliberately because it messes up so easily. It's like you 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 have to really enunciate everything so that it gets it right. That's how you deliver a good voice text. Because if, if you're just like talking like this, like we are now, and you're kind of going fast or whatever, like it it'll mess up, man. It'll yeah, I just go ahead and different. do it like that, and then hit send. Figure the people that are. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I, I'm the same way. Yeah, it, it we're so lazy. It's like ah, it's close enough. He'll, He'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> not only can we not take the time to type out the text, we can't take the time to correct the mistakes in the voice text. Exactly. That's where we are. That's where we are as a society. Not healthy people. I wish they give you a preview of what the stuff's going to look like, and, and and let you like I don't like the big numbers. I like the old the old way. I think you can actually change the font. Yeah, my wife is telling me that uh, you can change it back. 
Well, you get that figured out, Russ, and let me know. Yeah, who's got time for that? I mean, I, here's well, the I'm supposed to bring here's, here's, my phone over to Stately Smith Manor and, and have the lovely Mrs. No, Smith no, do that for me? That's good. Here, the that's another just window into the laziness is I don't like it, but I don't like it enough to take the time to figure out how to change it. <laughs> it's, I'll just adapt. I'll get used to it. You always do. You always, we always find a way. Life finds a way, to quote Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. Stay with us. The drive continues. Coming up, we'll visit with the big fella. Former Vault Steve Hamer set to join us on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines when we continue the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Stay with us. We're back with more right after this. Welcome back. The Drive continues. Fan Run Radio, 105.7 FM, 1340 AM, streaming online at fanrunradio.com, your free Fan Run app, a variety of ways for you to experience the program this afternoon. We go back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines where Steve Hamer is standing by with us, the former volunteer big man. Good afternoon, Steve. How are you, sir? Good afternoon, guys. I hope that you guys are doing absolutely fantastic on this is it rainy outside still? I don't know. It's like monsoon season, isn't it? It's kind of dreary. It's kind of a dreary day out there. But uh, I tell you what, <laughs> it's if Tennessee had duplicated its first half performance in the second half last night, we might not be doing so well. But fifteen and three, Steve, top ten in the country. I mean, come on, life is pretty good for Tennessee basketball fans, right? Yeah, life is pretty good. And, you know, speaking of dreary, man, that, that was a dreary first-half uh, performance for the Volunteers. Um, and, and, you know, again, you, you have to look at the fact that you're, you're without two starters. Um, so, you know, 40% of your starting lineup is, is sitting on the bench, uh, one of which um, felt terrible last night and couldn't go. But, uh, you know, in, in totality, when you're 15-3, and three, um, you're sitting in second place in the SEC as of, as of this point. So I, I think you've got to be very happy thus far with what you've done. Uh, certainly, I think you let one flip away this past Saturday versus Kentucky. Um, um, but, but, you know, nonetheless, to bounce back shorthanded uh, on just a couple of days rest without two starters um, to win at Mississippi State, I mean, that, that, that's pretty good. So I like where the balls are at this point right now. Steve, uh, you've followed Rick Barnes here for the seven years he's been here. He's not a guy that tinkers with his starting lineup every other night. You know, he's pretty consistent. As somebody who played the game, when you're missing one starter, you know, that disrupts your team's rotation, the chemistry. Dis- uh, missing two starters, I, I would think that's got to be – it's got to take a while to get used to. Do you think that that was kind of what was going on in the first half was just – you, you know, it's a different starting five that changes the rotations and it just took some time for the team to kind of figure out, okay, this is how we're going to have to play tonight. Yeah, I think it took time for, uh, the team to, you know, to, to, uh, to really get into the flow of the game. You know, let's not forget that playing Mississippi state here just a few days ago, if you will, you know, they, they were soundly defeated. And, and those guys play with a certain amount of pride, right? They're, they are Division One basketball players also. 
And for them to get soundly defeated and embarrassed here at Thompson Bowling Arena, we knew that it could be a trap game. It could be a tough environment, a road environment, and they always play well down at the hump, and they always give us their best, best uh, um, uh, matchup problems. So, you know, when, when you take all of that into consideration, you're down two starters, and you're forcing Zakai Ziegler to, to kind of reemerge again at the starting position, at the point guard position, uh, after having come off the bench for, for a great deal of this basketball season. And then you, you, you rely on other pieces as well to step up and, and to you know, uh, play the role of scorer, play the role of facilitator as well. You know, it could be very, very challenging. But I love what Coach Barnes did. You know, at halftime, certainly, you know, he knew as well as anybody else that they weren't playing well. But they, they ratcheted up the defense on the defensive end. And, and, and they really got into more of a flow. They settled down, got into a flow in the second half offensively and were able to knock down eight of nine three-point shots. So just, just kudos to Coach Barnes. Very, very proud of the team's effort. Steve Hamer with us this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. And Steve, you mentioned you know Ziegler, obviously, for whatever reason, he just plays better coming off the bench and that is his preferred spot. We'll see if they go back to that when, when Key comes back, hopefully next game. Did you ever play with guys like that who, for whatever reason, just seemed to perform better when they were not starting? Yeah, I did. And, you know, lots of times um, guys have a chance to see the floor, to see the game, mm-hmm. Russell, through a different lens. Um, they, they get a chance to relax. You know, especially in a in a big time environment like a Kentucky. You know, you 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 got twenty two thousand fans that were here at TBA, raucous crowd to begin the game. You know, you 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 got people yelling expletives at Coach Cal before the game even starts. So, with all of that being said, you know, you want to have an opportunity, especially if you're as the Kai Ziegler who is accustomed to coming off the bench. Now, you want to be able to see the game. You want to see the flow of the game. Okay, how is the other team guarding the point guard? Well, how are they going to guard me? How can I utilize angles to get the ball into Uros? How can I utilize angles to get the ball into Olivier or, or, or to, to uh, Jonas Adu? So you want to be able to see that through a different lens. And I, and I think it really behooves um, Coach Barnes to have someone like a Zakai Ziegler come off the bench because he is that change of pace. He is that shot maker. He is that injection of energy right away. And, and I, see, I think you see the reasons why he has been coming off of the bench. Steve, we talk about the Kentucky game, and obviously that's sticking in everybody's cross still. But if there was a bright spot in that game, it had to be the play of Urosh Plavsic. As a uh, big man who used to play with his back to the basket, did that warm your heart to see Urosh, I mean, that was kind of a vintage Steve Hamer performance, if I dare say so myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he uh, it warmed the cockles of my heart, if you will, <laughs> uh, to, nice. to see old school brand basketball, you know, uh, big versus big, mono and mono, toughness versus toughness. And, and you know, I think that Urosh outplayed Sheboy. I really do. I think he outplayed him. Uh, on the offensive end particularly, I remember one possession where Uros caught the ball, didn't panic, and initially went over his right shoulder with an up and under. Sheboy didn't fall for the fake. Then Uros went to option B, and then option C, 
got Shibway off of his feet and was able to lay the ball in. That is growth and maturity from from that particular position. And I know the fans are just clamoring for more and more of that, especially you know when, when you when you don't have the the three point shots that are going to fall every single night. When you go two of fifteen in the first half from the three, you know we need that option to be able to pound the ball into the post uh, and, and get a bucket that way, rather than you know launching all the threes. If they're not falling, they're not falling. But man, when you got a guy that can that can really you know dominate the post the way that Uros did this past Saturday uh, at TBA versus you know an All American candidate and Oscar Shibway, man, you you you'll take it anytime you can get it. Hey, Steve, what's your take on that Kentucky team? Because, I mean, it, Tennessee fans take a certain amount of pleasure in, in their misery anytime they lose, and they've been doing a lot of it before they came to Knoxville over the weekend. And, man, uh, Georgia had them on the ropes in the first half at Rupp last night, and Kentucky comes back and wins the game. Do you think the Wildcats are just going to be that up-and-down team this year, or do you think they found something in Knoxville that's going to allow them to start playing up to their potential? I think, unfortunately, it's going to be the latter. Uh, I think they found something. Um, and and, and let's, let's not kid ourselves. For Kentucky, I knew, as well as you know, our fans and our coaching staff, that, that you know, this was going to be the Super Bowl for them. Um, you know, had we had our way with Kentucky, it, it would have knocked them down even further in the conference, you know, one in five or one in six. Uh, and I think that, that they're, they're going to flounder from then from then on but for them to come and get a w um over the fifth ranked team in the country on their home floor snapping the winning streak at home i think they found something um sure georgia had them down had their way with them uh but they they, they battled back and, and kentucky is going to be there in the end uh, make no mistake you know i think coach cal uh does a wonderful job of assimilating talent and getting the best out of that talent year in and year out um, um, does that necessarily play well in the in the SEC tournament, the NCAA tournament? You know that we we can talk about that on a different day. But uh, I think that he is going to get the most out of this basketball team, and they're going to be there in the end. I really do. Um, I wish that we would have beaten them. And 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 you know, Kentucky for all of the things that they have done wrong this season, for them to rally the troops to beat us at home and then to get a W against Georgia. You know, I, I think they're going to be on that path of, of contending for a title. Steve Hamer's with us this afternoon on the drive here on Fed Run Radio. All right, Steve, looking at Tennessee here, you're about halfway through the season, a little over halfway through the season, dozen or so conference games left here, plus tournament play. In your opinion, and here again, we're in the top 10 here. We have a tendency to, to nitpick the team because it is a conference, uh, a tournament sport, and and everybody wants to see Tennessee go far in the tournament. What does this team have to find or figure out in order to make the kind of run we all want to see them make in March? That's a great question. I think first and foremost, they have to find uh, consistency. Um, you know, I don't know that we necessarily need to shoot the ball at a 65, 66% clip that we saw you know, versus Mississippi State and at South Carolina. But you certainly don't want to see the offense that, that reared its ugly head for roughly five or six minutes uh, in, in that drought uh, versus Kentucky. 
you certainly don't want to see the offensive output against Mississippi State last night for the first 10, 12 minutes of the first half. So the first thing is we, we have to see a certain level of consistency. The second thing that I think that you, you, you have to see for this Tennessee team to go far in not only the SEC tournament but the NCAA tournament as well is finding that guy, right, that yeah. dude. You know, they, they have to have that dude. When the chips are down, when you need a bucket, get the ball to that dude because he is going to get you a bucket. Either he's going to get you a bucket or he's going to get fouled and go to the line and knock down some free throws. Who is that guy right now, right? I think we're all asking, yeah. oh, is it, is it going to be Julian Phillips? Because, man, yeah. he, you know, he reemerged last night. Is it going to be Zakai Ziegler? He had 24 points, five turnovers within the first 10 minutes of the first half. Is it going to be Santiago? Is it going to be Josiah Jordan-James? I think they have to have that dude. If you look at Coach Barnes' teams from the past, Grant Williams was that dude. Okay, you know, when times were, were tough, get the ball to Grant Williams. He's going to get you a bucket. Go back to last year. Kennedy Chandler was that dude. You know, and, and, and you can look at, at the late season and how he took over games, how he was the SEC tournament MVP, how he went on and just when all else failed in the NCAA tournament, he was still the guy knocking down shots. So, so, so they've got to find that guy. They haven't had that game yet, have they, Steve? I mean, they haven't had that one or two point game where they've had to drop the shot at the end for the. But you know, it's coming. It always does. Yeah, it, it's coming. It's coming. And I thought that we were going to get in that position uh, this past Saturday. You know, I yeah. thought we were going to tie that game up, and and you know, late late possession. Um, I thought that we played it perfectly. We had 50 seconds left. We went for a two-for-one, um, and it just didn't materialize. So I thought that we were going to have that opportunity. But but rest assured, it, it's going to happen at some point this year where we're going to have to find out who is that alpha guy on the basketball team that says, look, man, just give me the ball. Give me the ball. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it done for us. A lot of big moments yet to come this season, Steve. The university announced sellouts with Texas – Alabama, Auburn. Is there a game that you have circled right now? I mean, I, I guess the return uh, trip to Rupp, we ought to throw that in, in the conversation. Is there a game or two that you just cannot wait to see this team play regular season-wise? Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm going to step out of conference. I can't wait to see us play Texas. Um, obviously, you know, for, for the myriad of reasons, um, one of them being uh, I thought that we let a game get away from us last year down in Texas, uh, I thought that, um, you know, we, we certainly should have had our opportunities to win that game, and we did. Just how Jordan James missed that three late for us to, to win that game. But with that being said, uh, I know that that win would mean a whole lot to Coach Barnes. Um, and, and you're talking about uh, sectional rivalry, if you will. Um, uh, you're also talking about uh, the fact that, you know, even though Texas is reeling just a little bit, it's still going to be a top 10 matchup on national television. I think we can reassert ourselves um, um, and acquit ourselves from the last time we were on that national stage with Kentucky. So that's the game that I'm circling right now, that titanic matchup between the Longhorns and, and the Volunteers. A lot of big moments left to come this season. Steve, they go to Baton Rouge, I mean, that's that has been a tough place to play for Tennessee through the years. And um, new coach down there, new players and everything. But it just feels like, you know, there 
as good as Tennessee is, I don't know that there is a dominant team in this league, Steve. And I, I think that all these games, especially the road games, you can't take them, any of them for granted, can you? I mean, these are all going to be very tough, hard-fought games. Yeah, great point. You you can't take any of these games for granted. Uh, you know, hey, the, the, the wind blows strongest at the top. So, you know, when you walk into someone's arena and you have a top 10 next to your name, you better believe you're going to get their best, best effort. Uh, the fans are going to be there early. They're going to be on them. Um, so you, you take nothing for granted. But with this Tennessee basketball team, if there's anything that I know, I know the fact that they're going to go in there, they're going to go in there confident, and they're going to go in there thinking that all we, all we got is all we need and all we need is all we got. And when you have that type of mantra, you walk into an imposing building, um, you expect to come out of there with a W. So, you know, you, you just have to take it one game at a time. Um, no game is going to be bigger than the, than, than the one after it. Uh, you, 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 there is, you know, Alabama's a pretty good team. I think we can all agree that Alabama's really good. You know, they got a, a certain freshman stud, man, that just lit up Bandy last night um, that, that has played beyond my expectations. But with that being said, I think, you know, Tennessee is going to play its way into vying for that number one seed in the conference, having a double bye, and, and going on to play well in the SEC tournament. All right. Can't wait to watch it all play out. Steve, always a pleasure to share the airwaves with you, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hope you are well, and we'll do it again soon, hopefully. Guys, thank you guys as always, and, and it's just an honor to be with you all. And please let me know. I I, uh, I love this show, and please let me know. Anytime I can jump on, I'm going to jump on with you. We'll do it. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Steve Hamer making his presence felt on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Check out Big Orange Phillies. They're going to have all the divisional playoff games on this weekend. 66-25 Maynardville Pike in Halls. Great spot for a quick lunch with friends or burgers and beers with your buds. After work, you can get it delivered via Grubhub. Big Orange Phillies in Halls. Check out the full menu online at BigOrangePhillies.com. Quick timeout. The drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. The Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Steve Hamer making his presence felt on the program this afternoon. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, number one, we're his favorite show. Uh, really, it was good to hear. Steve's yep. one of my favorite people. And number two, something that we've been talking about a lot recently, uh, especially you, Russ, is the guy. Who's going to be that guy? Who's going to be the guy? Who's that guy? Who's the dude? Yeah. Because we're going to have to have one. Stevie Hamer's right, Russ. I wanted it to be Josiah Jordan James so badly. I just don't know if he's that dude, Bear. I don't know if he's – man, I hate to say this because it sounds like I'm ripping him. I don't know if he's got that dog in him. Is that fair? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can agree with that. Uh, I don't, I'm with Marcus. I don't know if I can agree with that either. I mean, with his – I think had he not had the, the knee injury – or whatever's going on with his knee, eh, we'll see. Bear, I never told you this. When he missed that layup at the end of the Kentucky game, 
Yeah. I I had a What'd you break? One of my new pins that I I'm so psyched about. I was holding it. I stood up and I threw it against a wall and I was sure it was going to explode and get ink everywhere, but it held up pretty good. I, I mean, I, I I threw it my hardest, man. My, I put all Did you throw it harder than that Nalgene bottle? Yeah, about 62 miles per hour probably on the radar gun. I mean, that's that's pretty hard for an old man. I spiked that thing. It's not bad. I was so mad. That was the moment. That was the mo- I knew it was over when he missed that. I knew it. Uh, for me, it, when I knew it was over was when um, we were down three and Santee took that – missed that layup. Was that with 19 seconds left? Like, what are you doing? We're down three. You're one of the best three-point shooters in the conference. Gun it. We were down three with 19 seconds left? Whenever it was. I thought, I thought the game was over by then. Maybe it was. Anyway. Interesting to me, the conversation there at the end of that hour was the big games coming up. And this will be a good question. We'll put the poll in the field this afternoon. One game, one regular season game. I know we all want to win in the postseason. But of these regular season games, which game do you want the most? Mm. We got uh, – let me set the stage here a little bit. You got Texas. You've got two games with Auburn. You've got Alabama at home. And you've got Kentucky at Rupp. Kentucky at Rupp. That's the one you. I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be it. That Bama game is huge, though, man. I, I mean, know might, it is, but it ain't Kentucky at Rupp. And and Texas, we gotta win that one for Rick. It, it would be one of those Auburn games if we hadn't beaten them last year. Oh, for sure, Buck Pearl. What clown that guy is, Marcus. What do you think, uh, Rupp? It's hard to argue otherwise. Yeah, no, I think I think Rupp's the answer. Is that gonna be a runaway? Is it? I'll put the poll in the field anyway. I just want to see. Be willing to bet it's going to be rough, man. Yeah, probably. Probably a runaway there. Let's get Roberto in here. Roberto, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, sir. Afternoon, gents. How's it going? Um, it's great. I hope it's going well for you guys, too. Eh, so far, so good. Yeah. Six feet above it, or in your case, six five above it, not six five below it. Could be worse. Could be worse. Could be a Florida fan. Uh, oh, you could live in Gainesville. It could, could be have a lot no worse. Quarterback. Could have Sunbelt Billy calling the shots. Could be looking at five and yeah. seven. That guy's bad. He's not good. As I've heard uh, some, uh, some folks around town say it, I won't claim it. I think it might be uh, basketball Lee, but uh, he's going to have you in every single game you play. And that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> because you will, be, you will be sweating it out against Georgia Southern in the fourth quarter in the swamp when Sunbelt Billy's on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, like, he had him in our game because he played to cover the spread. I mean, he said it after the game uh, against a good Tennessee team. But he was also in it, you know, I mean, he lost. Did they lose to Vanderbilt? Yes. Did they lose to Vanderbilt? Andy. You, you don't just stroll into Dudley Field on a random November <laughs> right. afternoon and waltz away with a W, Roberto. Actually, you do if you're Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> so, um, 
But, you know, I called to talk about the basketball thing, and and uh, I just got a gush over over uh, one Steve Ray Hamer. Uh, so he was actually I was uh, I was we were in banking at the same time. I was fresh out of college, and and Steve was a branch manager, and uh, I had to do some training for a role I was in, and uh, he's just he's legitimately the kindest person you'll ever meet. And if you guys, I know you guys know him, but in the in listener land, if you ever get the chance to meet Steve Hamer. Do that. Don't be afraid to walk up to him and say hello. He's he's very approachable, and he is one of the most kind and genuine people you will ever meet. And absolutely played for the biggest potty mouth in the history of college basketball. How funny is that? <laughs> oh man, we got to do a off the air podcast with Hamer. Nothing but Kevin O'Neill stories would be fantastic. I mean, you'll have to. I mean, yeah, it'll have to be off the air. And but Steve won't say any swears. Yeah, I've lived, he, he, I've been around him. A hundred times that I've never heard him swear. <laughs> Not once. Uh, being around you guys, uh, I, I've been around you for hundreds of times and never not heard you swear. So uh, kind of the same except the opposite. Guys, um, as far as the guy, I, I think it has to be Santee because he's the only guy that's clutch from the free throw line on this team. Maybe Zakai, but Zakai can't, he can't create his own shot, neither can Santee. It's got to be somebody who can create their own shot. And right now, I guess that would be like Julian Phillips. Man, if, if, if he has that Kennedy Chandler-like end of the season, figure it out, run, cried, yeah. It, yeah. it changes the whole complexion of the season. Yeah. Um, it would be pretty fun. Uh, I mean, we're all waiting for him. Um, he's I mean, clearly after last night. I mean, Mississippi State's not elite in any way, but they were an elite defensive team, and he had his way with them. Uh, a lot of people are saying Zakai is the reason we won the game. I, I actually disagree. I, I actually think that, that Phillips was the best player on the court last night. He had a double-double. He had a huge assist late in the game for that dunk. Um, I think he hit a three midway through the second half that was huge. He he kind of – and that – not that, not that scoring eight points or I think it was eight points in the first quarter or first half was that many, uh, but compared to our final tally in the first half, he kept us in the game in the first half as well. I just think he has he has the it, um, but I also think that he should stick around for another year. I really do, and and maybe that's what Barnes is doing. He's putting the governors on him, so he has to stick around. Do you think Barnes is that way, guys? No question. I'll hang up. Have a great day, guys. All right. Thanks, Roberto. Great phone. And by the way, Stevie Ray Hamer. That's a great. That's a great nickname. It's a, it's a killer name. Texas Flood, the Tennessee Flood. Stevie Ray Hamer. What was his question there at the end? Oh, I, no way. No way. No. 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 No way. No way. Barnes. He. he uh, no man. He's playing to win. There are no mind games trying to get Julian Phillips to stick around for a year or two. He's not putting a governor on him. He's trying to win. Yeah, I man, that's that's on I mean it's it's on Julian. He wants to win. I was talking with somebody earlier about uh if if he did that, he would have put the governor on Kennedy Chandler towards the end of last year and, and he didn't. Chandler was our best player at the end of the year. Oh, for sure. But so, funny no, you should no mention way. the the podcast uh, idea with 
Hamer. I was talking with somebody earlier, and we were talking about you know some of the funnier stories that Stevie tells are the, the O'Neill stories, and I I just like to have pictures of Stevie's face when O'Neill would say some of the stuff that O'Neill would say. Because Steve's just such a, you know, straight arrow, kind, gentle person like Roberto was saying. Kevin O'Neill, three years in Knoxville. I would love to see the 30 for 30 on those three years. Get people on the record. I'd imagine it'd be like the Dave Chappelle, Rick James thing where he's like, yeah, I said that. <laughs> You'd have O'Neill yeah. on there. He's like, yep, that's true. You don't care. Yeah, I cussed that guy out. Yeah, I called that walk on a bleepity bleep bleep bleep. He probably don't even remember. Hmm. Eight six five five four six eight two zero zero. 8200 Martin is next on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. What's up, Martin? Not too much, Russell. How you doing? Doing well. How are you, sir? Doing pretty good. Cool. Russell? Martin? Have you heard anything else about the safeties or... Uh... Cornerbacks are going after in the portal. No, um, I know everybody's wondering about the player at um, BYU. He actually started out at Vandy. He's a corner, went to BYU, and now there's rumors that he could be coming to Knoxville. So, like three colleges. I mean, that's college football in 2022, right? You play for three different Who D1 is he? programs. Who is he? Um, man, I, I'll try and get a name for you, Martin. It's, um, he's got, he's one of these dudes with three names and, um, I, I don't know how good he is. Gabe Judy Lolly is the guy's name. Gabe Judy Lolly. Gabe Judy Lally. Lally. Yeah, how many I, years I, does he have left? Uh, oh, I, I'm p- almost positive. It would be just one season. Yes. But Tennessee needs secondary help so badly. Martin, I, I don't know that you can be that choosy. He's um, out of Austin, Texas originally, went to Vandy, played at BYU last year, started 10 games this past season for the Cougars. So we'll see if uh, Tennessee can can get in on him. Looking at his BYU bio, his grandfather played on the Ukrainian national soccer team. It's an interesting little nugget for you. But yes. Gabe Judy Lally, we'll see if we can get him. Gabe Judy Lally. Yes, sir. Yes, and Russell? Martin. When do you think that Coach Hopper will decide on the tight end coach? It's a good question. He doesn't seem to be in any hurry. I don't think he's sharing a timetable with the media. I don't know that he has a timetable, quite frankly, Martin. I think that he's going to do his due diligence and talk to a lot of people and consider a lot of people and sleep on it. Just, you know, he there's no drama with this guy. He's not in any sort of rush. He's not going to hurry things. He's not going to hire somebody just because it looks good on the website and they have a nice, nice Twitter graphic and everything. He's not going to pull the trigger until he is absolutely 100% certain that this is somebody he wants in his building, in his meetings all the time and stuff like that. And I don't know about you guys, but that gives me a great deal of confidence as a fan that 
he's going to be that deliberate in the process. Mm-hmm. Russell? Yes. I trust him. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying, man. How could you not, right? He got us to Lebanon, too, for the first time in 12 or 20 years. We won the Orange Bowl, Martin. We're the defending right. Orange Bowl champs. Lebanon, too. I mean, if, if he Next wants year, to bring on... to go 9-4 and 10-3. and three. Hey, if, if he wants to bring on one of the Kardashians to coach the tight ends here... First of all, they've got some experience with tight ends. Second of all, I'd be like, you know what? It's it, it's uh, it's unorthodox, but he did coach the number one offense in the country last year. I think we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Russell, that's all I want to know, buddy. And I want you to know I listen to you guys faithfully. Martin, we appreciate you. Appreciate your phone calls, man. Thank you so much. Uh, you too, buddy. Do you think, uh, Martin, did my Kardashian reference connect with Martin this afternoon? I don't think so. But we are, I mean, that's that's two of my favorite people, Steve Hamer and the Caller Martin. We're their favorite shows. Stevie Ray Hamer and Martin brought the noise this afternoon. We got another hour with you, folks. Get back into this Jaden Rashada mess over at uh, Florida. Those folks... It's a, it's a mess, Russ. They're not enjoying the offseason down in Gainesville. No. I hate it for them. Sunbelt Billy's having himself a, a a time down there, isn't he? Evidently. Hate it for him, don't you? Yeah, real tore up about it. Stay tuned, folks. We got hour number three. Marcus will have your top five at five. When we continue, you're listening to The Drive. Fan Run Radio. Stay with us. We're back with more right after this.